Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, what's shaking, Red Nation? It is Jeremy Brenner here with another episode of The Dream Take presented by The Dream Shake, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. A rough one tonight for those that stayed up and watched this one through. Let me just say, you are a true fan. And even if you didn't, um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily blame you. <laughs> not, not, a, not a good night tonight for the Rockets. Final score, Los Angeles Clippers, 142. Your Houston Rockets 111, a 31-point blowout loss at Crypto.com Center. Uh, or is it Crypto.com Center? I really don't know. And the fact that I almost said Staples Center proves that it is still the Staples Center. But anyway, you know, I just – the whole dynamic with this defense, man, it is unacceptable. It is truly unacceptable. And – uh, you know, I'm usually not the kind of person to, you know, I, I look at I look at this team and I say, okay, well, you know, what if they did this? What if they fixed this? No, it's just, you know, I, I don't feel like sugarcoating broccoli tonight. Like, it was bad, and it's it's a loss to where 
I'm starting to begin questioning Stephen Silas. And for those of you that have listened to our show, know that I am a very big Team Silas guy. I still am, but I haven't been on the last couple of games. So I'm kind of basing this opinion off of the last three games. And it's it's weird because you look at the last three games. You had a terrible showing in Utah. You had a great showing in Phoenix, but it still ended in a loss. And you had a terrible showing in Los Angeles. And yes, the team was shorthanded in each one of the three games. And yes, they were all on the road against teams that are going to be in the playoffs. But you still went 0-3. You went 0-3 this week, and you are 15-41 and on the season. And the team isn't good, but it's an effort thing. When you lose by as much as you did when you played basically no defense. That's not how you want to build a team. You want to build a team, especially of young guys, on defense because those habits are a lot harder to teach than offensive habits. Offense is a lot easier in the NBA than it has been. Defense is a lot harder, but you you got to at least play some of it. I I can't remember. Like I was, I'm in Houston now, so I'm I'm watching the highlights and I'm watching you know, Ryan Hollins called the game and he's like, they need to play just a level of defense. And I'm just like, but the fact that he even has to say that shows that that's, that's just a terrible sign that we are multiple possessions throughout this game. Not even like just, just letting the Clippers run up the score. And you know, what's worse about this whole thing coming out of the all-star break, you get the you get the magic to start out. That's a winnable game, but you get another two games against the Clippers. And if they play like they did tonight, those two games aren't going to be pretty either. And we can talk a whole lot about you know the lineups and all that with Schroeder, whether he's a good fit, whether he's not a good fit. But at the end of the day, to me, defense is the primary concern of this team, and the fact that it is so bad is why. This team is as bad as it is. And a lot of it can be traced back to effort. And a lot of it can be traced back to coaching. But when you lose by as much as you did tonight and you give up 142 points in regulation, that's an indictment on everybody. Nobody's safe tonight. Everyone's getting the wrath, except maybe Jalen Green. I thought Jalen had a decent game. But that's that's really it. 21 for Jalen tonight on 8 of 15 shooting, 5 of 10 from 3. So I thought Jalen had a decent night, but everyone else just wasn't inspired basketball. They did not play inspiring basketball tonight. And it's just like just watching Shangun just like let people drive into the lane. It was just really frustrating in, in the first in the first half. And then just there's just this nonchalantness and maybe yeah players are tired it's it's second half of back to back and all that but it's it's the effort with this team i just don't get it and silas should shoulder a lot of the blame to be honest with you guys i'm probably more along the lines of firing silas at season's end than i've ever been only because i just feel like the talent is there and that's what the season is about but we're getting to a point where it's about executing that. And I do think that Steven Silas, if you if there was no threat of 
firing or anything like that. Like if, if we were stuck with one coach and we had to keep Steven Silas as the head coach, I do think that he would eventually figure it out with this group. But what's concerning is that this team just continues on a night in night out basis to play zero defense. And Silas is someone that has preached in the past, how much he values defense, how much he prioritizes defense. I didn't see that in these last three games since the trade deadline. I didn't see it against Toronto either last week either. I haven't seen it for most of the season pretty much. And it's just, it's really frustrating. And so either what they need to do is they need to give Silas a defensive minded, like the Jeff Zellick, you know, like that's Mike D'Antoni was the offensive mind. He was the genius behind the James Harden led offense, but at least he had someone that could, match him defensively that's i think maybe steven silas needs or you get a guy who's totally apart from that and you allow him to build his staff and someone that can maybe get the job done i don't know if silas is is getting the job done and it's it's upsetting because i really do like steven silas and i do think that he has been dealt a pretty raw hand but that doesn't excuse the lack of effort on the defensive end it doesn't it doesn't and he does take the blame for that the fact that he's not prioritizing that it just goes to show um you know where he is as a head coach right now and i think that he has a lot of value and he has done a lot for the players that are currently on the roster but it's not he's it's creating bad habits and these bad habits need to end and you got to do something to change it. So either Silas has got to change his coaching or the head coach has to change. That's my two cents on it. If anyone would like to come up and speak on this or anything else about tonight or the past two games, I haven't been on in about a week. So if you guys would like to hit that speaker request button, come and join me up here. Uh, we can chop up any Rockets talk that you guys want to do. It's just past midnight here in Houston. So it's, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic. The last couple of games have been, and I want to talk about Dennis Schroeder because obviously we got to see a very different side of Dennis Schroeder on Wednesday in Phoenix than we did tonight. Tonight, nine points, nine assists for Schroeder on three of 11 shooting a minus 22. It wasn't as good as he was in Phoenix, but I think that the reason why they they are keeping Schroeder, at least, at least they have shown that they're keeping Schroeder, is because he can be like the Kelly Olenek of last year. You know, Kelly Olenek didn't make a whole lot of sense for the team, and he wasn't going to be part of the future. Everyone knew that, but he still had a lot of value uh, to the team in that last third of the season. And I do think that Dennis Schroeder can play a very similar role, especially with our young guys, um, on the roster it, it, at the guard position and setting those guys up for success because everyone had such a great game in Phoenix because of Schroeder. Schroeder was able to distribute the ball and he was able to find guys, set guys up for success. And that was only after knowing the guys for a couple of days, less than a week, um, less than a week after he was traded from uh, Boston. So there is value to Schroeder being on this team. And, I hope that we see more of that performance 
in the future versus the one we saw on Monday because after Monday a lot of the a lot of the scrotum cult on Twitter uh, they were looking real silly uh, and they made us look uh, they made everyone else outside of the scrotum cult look look real silly on the way back uh, on Wednesday and tonight a mixed bag there was some good from Schroeder there was some not so good from Schroeder but I do think that he can be a positive for the team. Yes, I am a little bit concerned about how it affects Josh Christopher's minutes because clearly, you know, Josh Christopher was on such a high leading up to the trade deadline. He had been, he had been playing his best basketball of his, of his career, of a short career. But you've seen in the last couple of days how that's kind of affected him. And I hope that, Steven Silas can manipulate his rotation to still give Josh Critch for those ample minutes. You know, tonight he played 26 minutes. A lot of those minutes were in garbage time. So it, it remains to be seen what is to come from Josh Christopher for the rest of the season. But I do think that he has earned his spot on the roster. And the thing is, the reason why this Rockets team is, is struggling to find its identity is because the players are all struggling to find their personal identity. And because there's just not enough minutes to to toss around. And that was the big mistake of taking as many high picks as they did. However, all three of the picks that have played significant minutes this season have have at least shown signs of being a big part of this team's future. And we are going to get to a point now where – Next season, we're going to bring in a whole bunch of other guys, and it's going to be a lot of guys fighting for minutes. So I would hope that we can get to a point where we can at least distribute the minutes properly, or we can assure that we can just cut it off. We can just say, hey, we're going to roll with these people, and that's it. And you know, we'll worry about the rest of the picks later. So that, to me, is kind of where the whole Josh Christopher debate is is kind of at a standstill right now just because he has earned his minutes, but there's going to be probably other people fighting for minutes again next season. And Josh Christopher is going to be right in the middle of it. And I hope that he's able to, to win out because I do think that there is something special in him. He's going to be a good NBA player, whether it's with the Rockets or whether it's with somebody else, he's definitely proven that same with Shangun and same with Jalen green. And you know, that's the silver lining in a loss like this, um, you know, when not a whole lot went well. At least Jalen looked like a, a little bit more in that direction of where we see him, where we saw him at the beginning of the season when he was drafted second overall. That's the one silver lining of this. And I do think that Kevin Porter being out these last two games has really allowed Jalen to find his own voice. And the key is can Kevin Porter and Jalen Green find their voices together? And there is reason to believe that they can because they've shown it before, but it hasn't been consistent enough to where we know for certain that they will both play well together. That's kind of, they have so many projects going on in Houston right now, developmentally with Wood and Shangun and it, and it Wood and Shangun. And those are kind of, you know, counterproductive of each other. It hurts Wood's development and it hurts Shangun's development. It obviously hurts Shangun's development a little bit more because he's younger and he's not getting the minutes as much as as Christian Wood is. 
it affect at the four? You know, we have KJ Martin, we have Jay Sean Tate and Usman Garuba all within the first, second year of their career. And Garuba has been hurt. So KJ has gotten more minutes, but I don't think KJ would be getting as many minutes if Usman Garuba was playing alongside him. So it's, it makes things very difficult there. And then you look at the guard position with Josh Christopher, Dacian Nix, and, you know, trying to find minutes for those guys with Eric Gordon still on the roster. And that's why not trading these guys is a bit of a hindrance at this point in the season, because having Eric Gordon there is, is good in some cases, but it is a hindrance in others. And that's every player on this roster. There's not one single player except for maybe Jalen Green that is not in competition with somebody else. And then you can make the argument that KJ or KPJ and Jalen are in somewhat of a competition with each other in order to get touches and who brings the ball up and all that. But the thing with KPJ and Jalen that makes it different is they have their friendship off the court, the way they're being branded, the way that they're working together and the way that they talk about each other makes it seem like they are going to try to make it work in the future as this dynamic duo in the backcourt. But we don't know if that's even possible yet. So I'm going to bring up Adam. He is uh, hitting his speaker request. So Adam, welcome to the Dream Take, my friend. How are you? Hey, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. What, what, what take you got? So the, the Rockets just confound me they're just they they confuse me all the way around and i don't know if it's purposeful or not i i don't know whether to think that silas is just an evil genius or is just kind of gaming the system or just uh maybe just you know is some other there's some other explanation to it so i i like to i like to kind of I like to kind of think about it as almost like a, a standardized test, right? You see all these, all these, uh, all these systems, all these educational systems that change their standardized test every two or three years, just so that you don't have any historical basis to be able to say we've, you know, we've improved over the last ten years or over the last five years. And so I don't know, I, I don't have a sense of how to judge this Rockets team. And that is just so confusing to me after, you know, after so many games last year and this year. And I, it's, it's, sorry to sound just like kind of dumbfounded, but I, I just don't know. I don't know if, if they're, if they're improving because you don't have a consistent set of minutes for a player from one game to the next you don't know what to expect. There's no controls that you can kind of identify. Well, this won't change or, you know, he it, it's and and it, it makes me uh, makes me unsure about the future with this team where yeah. even even bad teams, even like the Thunder, there are things that they can hold on to. There are things that they know. I can't say that. I can't say any of that for any player, really. You know, I, I can't really identify a trend for any player. And uh, well, Jalen has been improving, and he he has looked a lot better. The stats he's had in February look a lot better than 
they have over the course of the season. But to kind of, because I think, Adam, I think you've kind of hit the nail on a lot of thoughts around Red Nation right now, where they really don't know what the direction is of the team because the team doesn't know. And also looking into this as well, the last year was year zero of the rebuild. We still had James Harden on the team. They, they really weren't fully committed to that rebuild until the, until the middle of the season. And they really didn't have any of the pieces that were going to be part of the team moving forward. Now with the draft picks that they all, they acquired and, and they, they have some young pieces now that you can, you can identify as potential, potential contender players on this team. And I do think that there are still a lot of players that will be potentially on the next contending Rockets team. And I think you can say that for KPJ. I think you can say that for Jalen. I think you can say that for Josh Christopher, Jay Sean Tate, uh, Gopper and Shangoon. I think you can say that for all five of those guys. KJ Martin is still maybe for me only because I just don't know if three years, uh, if, if KJ Martin uh, will be re-signed, it's going to be difficult for the Rockets to re-sign him when you have ideally possibly a, a four coming in sometime within the next two years. So I think that there's still a whole lot of unknowns with the team and, and Gary Bird, you know, maybe you can add him to this list as well. Um, but then again, you know, the players that are coming in, chances are they'll have a chance to be better than Gary Bird. So there is a lot of that, but we really don't have a benchmark yet. Like, have we improved? What are we improving from? Are we improving from year zero? Or is that an incomplete year? Because it really, you know, because just how crazy that year was for the Rockets. So I wouldn't necessarily look at progress the Rockets have made from year to year, from last year to this year, just because the teams are so different. But next year, this roster is going to look very similar. And I think that's when you're going to start seeing a little bit more improvement. And if you don't, then it's okay. Now we really aren't going anywhere. We're either staying where we are or we're going backwards. And that is a real red flag. And that's when I think you're going to start seeing some changes. However, with, with Steven Silas, I think that there is enough there to justify swapping him out with a more experienced mind and maybe give you a more pointed focus in your rebuild. I, I agree with you. And I, I mean, I, maybe I, I wasn't, I don't think I was clear. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know the, I don't know the vision of the team. I can see the improvement at an individual player level. I actually think it's, I mean, I'm impressed with kind of the players on an individual basis, how they deal with just like the chaos that must, like I can, that's the, that's all, that's the other thing. I just don't have a sense of what goes on on a day in day out basis with this team. I, I feel like there's a lot less transparency than there was with the Daryl Morey Rockets. I feel like, yeah, I feel like everyone's focused on their it's, own individual development and they are neglecting the team development. Yeah. Yeah. So like if, if you, if, if you told me, if you gave me all the inputs on this season with Jalen Green, I would say I would be really impressed by by what Jalen Green has been putting up. You know, maybe not the shooting numbers, but you know, the attitude, just the persistence, the you know, like it's 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 pretty amazing on a on a kind of on a 
on a game in game out basis in terms of, you know, not having a consistent set of kind of uh, expectations, but on a team, on a team level, it just, it, it, you know, just not, not having a sense of what's truly going on. And I don't know if it's just myself or maybe I'm just not as connected to the team or I'm not connected because I don't, I don't feel like I know what's going on. Like I was kind of saying this a little bit to Mike the other day for all the, all the bad that we can identify about the Maury kind of years with the Rockets. There are certain things that are truly different about Raphael Stone and Daryl Morey and how the Rockets are being run these days. And I, and maybe it's just kind of, you know, getting older. I, I just don't feel like there's well, an accountability I, of Stone. I feel like, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but I feel like Stone and Morey had, you know, that that's apples and oranges because they have two very different situations that they're dealing with. Morey was trying to get the Rockets to the finals every year. And Rafael Stone is just trying to get enough assets there. And, and in a way, Rafael Stone, I think he's great. I, I really think a lot of the things that he's done have been really positive towards the Rockets. Um, but in a way, he might end up being the Sam Hinkie. He might end up being the scapegoat when it's all said and done. Because looking back on everything with Sam Hinkie in the process, and I'm not comparing, I'm not necessarily saying the Rockets are going to be the process, but I'm just using it as two rebuilds and, and scenarios. Sam Hinkie, he was just accruing all these picks and, and trying to accrue as much talent as possible. And he ended up landing Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid is, is his ticket, is the Phillies' ticket to contender status. And obviously, it's not just Joel Embiid that led them there. It's Ben Simmons. It's uh, all those guys. But look at this. Ben Simmons led them to James Harden. Eventually, he got there five or six years later. But if you were able to get all of those, the process, you got Joel Embiid, you got Ben Simmons, and it looked very bleak when you drafted them because Joel Embiid didn't play for two years. Ben Simmons didn't play for that first year. Markel Fultz didn't play for that year. And Hinky got the axe because his picks weren't performing at that point. But you see now how important those picks that Sam Hinkie made have led to this contending Sixers team. And I'm not saying the Rockets are going to be like that. I'm not saying Rafael Stone's going to be like that. But I, I see the vision with him. And he is dealing with a very different team than Daryl Morey was. So I know there's a lot of similarities. And Rafael Stone was part of Daryl Morey's front office. But the way that they run things is very different because they were running two very different teams. And I'll say this. I think the the just just the way that the team is developing right now, it's it's just on an individual basis, and there is very little that is um, really team dynamics. And I don't know if that's the fault of the coaching staff, but I do show, I give them a little bit of the blame, and the players a little bit as well. There there's everyone's responsible when you lose by thirty points, when you give one hundred forty points. Um, in regulation and you know they gave up 124 last night and then in utah they gave up you know 120 plus i believe so you know they they need to find a way to play defense because that's just not look look at this okay so the last this is every game in in uh february they won that first game against cleveland they gave up 104 
Spurs, 131. Pelicans, 120. Pelicans, 110. Raptors, 139. Jazz, 135. Suns, 124. Clippers, 142. There you go. I mean, that, that to me is, is a huge drop of the ball. Huge drop of the ball. It, it definitely is. I mean, that's from a game, like, uh, if you think about the Suns game, you know, the other night, I, I wasn't really excited after that game. And I feel bad saying that as a fan because I understand the reversion that happens with this team. You know, it, they can look so different from, you know, 24 hours, you know. In, mm-hmm. in and the, the consistency game. needs to be there. When you're an NBA team, you need to play every game like you can win. And they played last night like they could win. They they could have and probably should have won that game last night. But they didn't play like they deserve to win tonight. And that that's an issue. That is an issue. And if these habits are something that Steven Silas is is incorporating into this team, that's not the head coach for the team. It just isn't. And whether – look, the question of whether Steven Silas gets another year or not, because if he does if he does get another year, it's his seat is flaming hot and he will have a very short leash. It wouldn't surprise me if if the Rockets went on another streak like they did to start the year next year. It wouldn't surprise me if if he gets the boot at that streak. If they lose like eight in a row to start the season next year, Silas is gone. Like it wouldn't surprise me if they did something like that. Um, but it's you know we're at this point now where. You have the talent. Now let's see a team build together. And yes, you want to see some of that in this season. But to be honest, let's be honest with ourselves. That's not the goal of this season at this point. The goal of this season is to keep accruing talent and keep building that talent. The goal at the beginning of the season when Rafael Stone and Steven Silas had their introductory press conference, let's have fun. Let's have fun. That that was it. And I think this this season is about the players having fun and just enjoying being in the NBA for the first time. But it's also about learning how to be in the NBA and learning how to lose before you learn how to win. And I hope the players are still having fun. I hope they are. Uh, hopefully they'll have some fun with Jalen Green this weekend uh, at the at the dunk contest. God, I would love to see Jalen Green win the dunk contest. That'd be like – that make – I wouldn't make the season worth it, but it'd be a nice little footnote. Like, hey, remember when Jalen Green won the dunk contest in his rookie year? Like, it'll be something like that. But, you know, I am kind of feel like I'm going on a tangent. But at no, bottom, line, yeah. bottom line is this team, we can't really say if they're improving or not because this is the baseline. Last, I guess they are performing. They're performing it. Look, they had, what was their record last year? They had, like, 15 wins, right? Was it 15 and 57? That sounds like it rings a bell. Was that their record last year? They won 15 yeah. games this year right now. So they've won the same amount of games this year as they did last year. And granted, they did have 10 more games to do it. They have 15 and – or 17 and 55, okay? So they had a 236 win percentage last year. A 236 win percentage uh, with an 82-game schedule is 19 wins. So if they get to 19 wins, 20 wins, and they're at 15 right now. So they have to win five games between now and the end of the season. I'd like to think that they'd get there. I'd like to think that they'd get there. Um, then they've then they've technically improved off of their year zero uh, trajectory. So they are technically improving. So 
let's see a little bit more next season. And I think that is the true testament of how much is this team improving and if they are improving at the end of the day. Anything else to add, Adam, before we sign off? Uh, yeah, I appreciate, appreciate you kind of being on this late, to uh, kind of talk, talk Rockets basketball and, uh, share your thoughts. Uh, I appreciate it. Of course. Of course. You know, it's, it's five o'clock somewhere. Maybe not where I am, but it's five o'clock somewhere in the world. We do have listeners all around the world. So, uh, I got to get this podcast up so that it can be consumed all over the world. Uh, but thank you so much, Adam. Really appreciate your time and, uh, being a friend of the show. Appreciate it. You too. Thanks. So yeah, look, the Rockets at the end of the day, you'd like to see the daily improvements. That That's what we're looking for as fans in this season where it's just you, you're looking for something. You're grasping at the straws just to find something that it shows a sign that, you know, this team is going somewhere. And it's sometimes it's hard to find. You got to use a magnifying glass. And I don't blame people for not picking up a magnifying glass and trying to look for it. It should be very obvious to you. And it isn't with this team, unfortunately, just because they really don't have a vision yet. They're they're figuring it out on the fly. And yeah, it leads to some losses, a lot of losses and a lot of ugly losses. But that's that's what we've signed up for as Rockets fans. And it's it is what it is. And we really can't really can't say much after that. Um, but this week for the Rockets, I hope that they can at least take this week, decompress a little bit, but also get in the lab, watch some film, try to fix something. Use this as a real turning point in your season and try to improve the defense. That's, I think, the biggest, most important key for the end of the season. Let's try to get this defense right. We're probably going to finish last in the league anyway, but Damn it, don't be the worst defense of all time because they might be at this point. So that, to me, if I were Steven Silas, that's what I'd be trying to do, is trying to get this defense to not be the worst defense of all time. And if that's not the case, then that's a success. But as we know, this team is built to win in 2025, 2026, and we're still in 2022. So we still got a ways to go, but it's going to make those wins those playoff wins in the middle of the decade, that much more worth it because we're going through the struggle here together in the early years of this rebuild. So I'm going to read some of the comments here. We do have a decent amount of comments here on Spotify green room. Very appreciative to those that are staying up with me talking rockets. Sean says firing Silas would be doing him a favor. Honestly, he suffered enough. Let's be rockets bad rockets be bad next year too. And likely the year after that, but they need a glue piece first and then interior defense help. I agree with that, Sean. I think that um, the still, this team still has a ways to go, but the more pieces you get, I think the more you can actually like build a vision for the team and an identity, and that's what this team needs more than anything right now. And Wood needs to not be developed, only traded, perfect third or, op- third or fourth option uh, for a team with veteran stars. That sounds like the Los Angeles Lakers to me. Um, I know that there was like some talks about uh, the conversation like with John Wall going to the Lakers. I, I think Christian Wood makes a lot of sense to the Lakers um, and that could be a potential landing spot for him. Obviously it'd be a very interesting deal, but if maybe that's what the Rockets need to get 
that 2027 first round pick. If I was the Lakers, if I was offered John Wall and Christian Wood for Russell Westbrook, Taylor Horton Tucker, and that 2027 first, I'm probably taking that deal. Just saying. So um, that to me is is maybe where you go in the season. Uh, to be honest, I have a really hard time seeing Christian Wood be a rocket next year. Um, but yeah, so we got more um, tired of Seawood's empty stats from Alex. Uh, Wood has trashed everything else except scoring, and he's just an average scorer, according to Omo. Um, yeah, so uh, Omo says if Stone doesn't trade Wood this offseason, they'll be clear he's overvaluing him. At this point, I'll trade Wood for a second-round pick. I don't think he's that. I don't think he's that bad. Um, he's still a guy that – but he's just not a good fit with his Rockets team. He needs someone that – he needs to be on a team that has veteran stars. I kind of agree with what Sean was saying. Um, and I do think that they, um, I do think that they can hopefully figure out a landing spot for Christian Wood, because if they do end up adding a big in the top of the draft, it's probably going to create even more of a log jam in that front court. I just don't see how Christian Wood makes a whole lot of sense in that, in that, uh, in the future for the Rockets. But I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of The Dream Take. Thank you to our live audience here on Spotify Green Room. We'll be back in a couple of days. Obviously, with the All-Star break coming up, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, and the Rockets don't play until next Friday night against the Orlando Magic. I am probably going to be in attendance. I have not been to a Rockets game as a fan in a very long time. And I live in Orlando now, so I'm looking forward to going to that game. And I might be, uh, I might be going with a friend, so we'll see about that. I'll keep y'all posted though, and definitely try to tweet during the game. If some of y'all are in Orlando and would like to meet up, uh, feel free to follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner and uh, hit that DM button, and uh, maybe we can get something going. Um, Amway is a great arena. Uh, I've worked there as well, so it's uh, definitely an exciting time, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but we'll probably come back sometime. I think Mike and I talked about it maybe Tuesday or Wednesday next week, and we'll just kind of have a conversation about kind of where the team is at this point. Uh, and maybe just like kind of a reset button heading into the last 20 or so games of the season. And then we'll be back Friday. And then we got the Clippers for two more games. And I don't know much of the schedule after that. Um, but look at this point, like it's basketball and basketball is meant to be fun. And if the Rockets aren't fun to you, go watch another team. <laughs> but I feel like if you're listening to minute 30 something of this Houston Rockets podcast, then you're, you're probably a big fan. So you have a reason to watch and a, a good one at that. Um, it, it's fun to see the team grow. It's just not as fun when they don't show that growth um, in a game like they did tonight. So again, thank you guys so much for tuning in this episode of the dream taken sticking with us through this very difficult season, but we're getting through it together. The offseason is nearly here. Then we can talk all about the draft and get excited about this team all over again. I'm really looking forward to the, that excitement, that optimism that we're looking forward to uh, when we see the Rockets. So uh, follow us on Twitter at DreamShakeSBN and at the Dream Take. Give us a like on Facebook if you're over there and head to our website, thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this episode. And until next time, go Rockets.